0: But here's the deal, I didn't feel any pain. I wasn't like bleeding and I could still walk and like take myself to the bathroom. I did have a lot of right arm weakness. And so I was like, okay, I'll just watch big little lies on my couch, drink this seltzer water. I was trying to convince myself that I was okay.
1: Hey, we are um, we are coming back to this intro really quick, and we can cut this out, but I need to say it, that we've had some technical difficulties this morning, so this is intro take two. So hi, everybody. Welcome to <laughs> I've Been Better. Um, I'm your host, Susan Youngstead, and of course, this is the I've Been Better podcast, and we hope you're having a great start to your week, and if not, that is okay, too. It has been an interesting Saturday morning already here in the recording studio, We support the notion that it is okay not to be okay, especially right now with how heavy everything is in our world. Um, On today's episode, we are talking with my partner, Josh's best childhood friend, and I'm very excited to have her share her story with us. She's also very excited. She's sitting here patiently waiting for me to get through the second round of doing this intro because we were ready to get rolling and we had some technical difficulties. Um, Our computer crashed, so that was not a good time. Please remember, as always, especially today when listening to this episode, to be mindful of the topics we cover and to please take care of yourself. So if at any point in time you feel that the material is heavy or triggering to you, please make sure that you take a break and do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Now, on to Vicki. Hey, Vicki. Hey, girl. Hey. It Good sounds morning. like I want to sing that song, but it's Hey, Mickey, but I want to just replace it with your name. <laughs>
0: You know, I never really connected with that song. Okay. Well, then that's not for you.
1: Then we're not going to sing it.
0: I've always wished that, like, my name was Valerie.
1: (gasps) Oh, that's a fun song.
0: You know? Yeah, exactly. Because it's a really fun song.
1: And a fun name, like the name Roxanne. It's a good one, too. Yes. I have a friend named Roxanne. Yes. Um, You know that song, Wake Up Little Susie? No. It's It's older for sure. Okay. And I am not going to pretend like I know who it's by. I should. It's a pretty <laughs> popular song. Yet that was the song that my mom would sing to me a lot as a kid, especially if we were in the car Cute. and I would need to wake up. That mm. would be what was sung to me. So I love when your song is it when your name is in a song. And yeah, unless yeah. it's like, I had friends named Stacy growing up and you remember Stacy's mom and that um, was like a whole gosh. thing. Yeah, That was a yeah. whole thing. Treacherous. Yes. <laughs> So to share a little bit about Vicky for our listeners today, Vicky works as a behavior coach at an elementary school in Alaska. She lives with her husband and sweet pups, whose names are Suna and Frankie. And after the last two years of ups and downs, Vicky feels like she's finally switching from surviving to living and maybe thriving. Vicki also has her own podcast that I'll let her share a little bit more about later today. It's called The Memoir Excerpts, and it's a storytelling podcast created to spread hope, inspiration, and hopefully some laughs. So welcome, Vicki. Hi. Hi. Part Hi. seven. <laughs> part who knows at this rate, right? And let's hope this one sticks. Yeah. So if y'all hear, heard what I said, she lives in Alaska. Vicki lives in Alaska. And so it is 1240 Raleigh time. That means it is eight forty where Vicky is. So she had to get up very early to do this mm-hmm. for us. So we are. She's dedicated, and we are very grateful <laughs> for her taking the time to want to talk a little bit about herself and share her story with others on this podcast today from thousands of miles away. Literally, we were just talking about how detrimental it is that things don't get shipped to Alaska, <laughs> and I, of course, asked the most basic white girl question. I'm gonna. We just stop saying it's most. Human, especially if if you identify as a female question at this point of, do you like Trader Joe's? And, of course, I don't have a Trader Joe's in Alaska. So Mm -hmm. we are concocting a plan to get, Vicky, some Trader Joe's fall-themed items to Alaska.
0: Um, I I do have one thing to say about that. While it's very appreciated, like, I think I've been to Trader Joe's, like, once or twice ever. So, like, you can't miss what you've never had. This is true. So you may be starting a lifelong endeavor. Oh, no.
1: for I was mailing things. A you things. You know what? Yeah. I would I would take that upon myself though because you've been deprived of yeah. the joy that is going to Trader Joe's and buying every themed thing that they decide to sell us. Their marketing is also incredibly <laughs> fantastic. Whoever runs that ship, you're doing a great job. All right,
0: Vicky, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I live in Alaska, um, and I got here. A lot of times people are like, Wow, how did you get here? Actually, that's a very popular question yeah. for anybody in Alaska because very few people are like born here, like native and like yeah. stick around. Yeah, like my husband is one of the rare, he grew up in Seward. Um, wow. but like lots of people are like, Yeah, I'm a transplant from the lower 48. Um, my favorite uh, way to reference the lower 48 is actually outside. That's what people say. Are you so from weird? the outside or are you from the inside? And they're, they're like, oh yeah, I think, um, yeah. And this fall we're going to go outside. It's like what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, you, Okay. Maybe, so it'd be, that means go to the lower 48 is what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. And maybe just maybe I am misusing that, but I heard Someone say that the other day and I totally knew what they were talking about. I was like, you are talking about going down to the lower 48.
1: <laughs> that is so funny. I would be so confused.
0: But yep. native
1: tongue, right? Picking up on these little colloqu sure.
0: what are those what are those called? Colloquium? Colloquialisms. There we maybe. go. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I missed like four of those those um syllables. T- uh, thank you. Goodness gracious. I'm not the one who was just woke up at 840, so I should get it uh-huh. together. So yes, you live in Alaska and tell us a little bit about how you ended up in Alaska because you are a transplant.
0: Yeah, I am a transplant, originally from North Carolina. Um, And when I was in um, college, I was a sophomore and only in reflection can I say this now and so many years later, I was depressed and um, I was like trying to figure out how to make my life more exciting and just like... You know you know how you get when you're in a, in a depressed little session for with yourself um, so I applied to go to a domestic study abroad um, which was a lot of fun just like deciding because um, I remember filling out it filling out my paper and you you had to choose 10 places and oh, wow Alaska was like number five what was number one uh, like US Virgin Islands? oh yeah i wouldn't have
1: even thought about that but absolutely
0: yeah and like some university in california that was really small and like cute um and but like also at the time i was going to uncw so like i already lived at the beach Mm -hmm. and like you know so i did want to kind of switch it up um Anyways, I walk into my meeting with my, um, advisor for the program and he is straight up like, and like, I think I said like, hi, this is my list. And he was like, okay, I'm sending you to Alaska. Cause I've never sent anyone to Alaska. And I was like, I'm <gasps> there. like, I didn't say that, but You're I was like, like um, okay. are you living vicariously through me right now? Yeah, This is like, my life, what? not like, yours. Yeah. And then honestly, I was like, ah, okay. And I accepted it. Um, and that was during my sophomore year and it was summertime. And I was like, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to go. I don't think I'm going to go. And like wow. legit, I bought my ticket three weeks before <gasps> I was supposed to be there. <laughs> That's how late um, your decision was. You really had to yeah. think about it. Well, cause it was just like, I was like, nah, like I'm not, I'm, I don't know anybody there, like all this stuff. So anyways, I ended up going, fell in love so hard with Alaska, like Holy moly just so beautiful the smells walking on oh. the trails like it's so much nostalgia this especially this time of year because this was the first time this was the first time I came to Alaska it was fall and mm. there's just such a heavy like I don't I don't know if this is the right word decomposition of like leaves and stuff that's walk right. through okay as you walk through um, like the forest, yeah. And, like, just the different trails and riding bikes and stuff like that, it just brings back so many memories of when oh, it was all new. When I'm it's
1: like- that beginning of the school year, right? There's something about yeah. that. There's this energy in the air. You know, I was just talking about this the other day that the fall, I think, reinvigorates a lot of people, even though everything is dying. <laughs> yeah. We are all <laughs> thriving and, like, l-
0: getting energy out of the death. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people who have gardens, it's their like harvest time and Mm -hmm. all that. So it is, it is an exciting time. Um, and anyway, so I totally fell in love with it. Um, and I was like, I'm going to try and stay here. Obviously I couldn't, that's not how college works. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, so I went back to North Carolina and graduated, um, a year and a half later. And, um, then I bought a one-way ticket, and I packed, like, five suitcases, and I was on my way. I had a seasonal job that I was just going to figure out after the season was over, and I figured it out.
1: Is that pretty typical when people go to Alaska to work seasonal jobs? Oh, for
0: sure, because it's a really great way to, like, get your feet wet in Alaska, but not fully commit. Um, You could say that people in Alaska have, um, like— are often non-committal because they, <laughs> <laughs> they have commitment issues, I guess it's called. Um, because, you know, you can just like say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go up for the summer and then I'll leave. But it's like, oh, well, you're here still. <laughs>
1: Once you're Welcome. here, you never leave. Happy year 10. <laughs> right? How's that non-committal process going of I'll go for one summer and never, and then I'll come back. <laughs> I love that. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, you, maybe not, I'm using this the word you to speak for a group of people and just as a general population, but many of us have read books about Alaska, possibly. You know, I just read the book, The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna, which is all about Alaska and the beauty of Alaska and what can happen in Alaska and, you know, the idea of transplants versus people who have lived there for decades. And it's very interesting. And so I think a lot of people are inspired to go to Alaska. And yet, as you said, you know, it is a totally different world. I mean, yes, is it built up and there are cities and there are schools and you know communities people that live there and then there's this wild part to Alaska that's just what's so exciting is as you said you know taking hikes and going on walks through trails and bike riding and just seeing all the leaves on the ground and yeah we have that in Raleigh but I can imagine it's (laughs) times 10 if not more in Alaska
0: Yeah. Well, and then of course, like, um, I saw on one of my friends, Instagrams, um, they were bike riding on a trail that we frequent and there's just a bobcat or no, 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 not a bobcat, a lynx (gasps) and then moose. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Got it. Yeah, We're going to (laughs) go nature seeing on this trail and see a moose. So you always bring bear spray is the moral of that story everywhere. That's instead
1: of carrying pepper spray, like we do in the city, you carry bear spray.
0: It's just the bigger version of pepper spray.
1: <laughs> Got it. That sounds pretty accurate. Yeah, I think Alaska sounds incredible. I'm. We are planning a trip to go visit. Vicki, Josh, and I are in the Vicky, coldest yeah. time of the year, it sounds like, uh, which of mm. course we would pick that time to go, but we are very excited. I cannot wait to go. I don't enjoy being freezing, but I also love that fresh, clean air smell of fall and winter. Yeah. So I'm very excited and I'm ready to not be thing. sweating.
0: <laughs> oh yeah! Super. Yeah, I'm super stoked. There is very little sweating that happens, except for when you're wearing your like snow pants too long indoors. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think I can keep up with
1: that. Okay. So you're you're in Alaska. You came from North Carolina. You went right after college. Talk to us a little bit about what you're doing now.
0: Um, so now I work in an elementary school, um, as a behavior coach. And so basically that job entails, cause like a lot of people don't know, they're like, what does a behavior coach do? Um, and I feel like it's a fairly new position to education. Um, I know that I first saw my, like, I didn't, when I first started teaching, um, there weren't behavior coaches. Um, Absolutely not. And it was very much like this thing where, like, acad- it was academics only, but there was an academic coach. Um, and not until, like, these last, like, five or six years have the school districts in Alaska ha- decided to, like, um, decided to notice that the behavior need is, like, a greater part of yeah. learning yeah. than learning is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, especially in elementary school for sure. These kids are learning how to be people. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know. We got to yeah. teach them. And, um, I mean, a lot of teachers who have like old school thoughts kind of thing, they don't believe in that. There's lots of fun. Uh, who's that person? Rita Pearson videos about that on YouTube. Love that lady so much. She's great. Um, yeah. And Yeah. So I, what I do is I build PD, um, for teachers. And then I also like work with individual students on interventions. Um, but mostly it's like working with the teacher and that student. Uh, so my job is like very, you never know what's going to happen. Different every time. Yeah. Yeah. Different every day. And actually, um, last year, last year. Yeah. Last year, um, I was experiencing so much anxiety that I, got my dog certified to be my emotional support animal and therapy dog. And she has been coming to school with me and that I has been that. super helpful to me. Number one, just like selfishly, she like helps me so much. She's actually here with us now <gasps> in the room. Is that Suna? Suna's with <laughs> yeah. <you>? My Suna? <gasps> <In> girl. <love. laughs> and, um, She also uh, selects, like, certain students who are having a tough time. They take comfort in animals as well, Mm -hmm. um, and they enjoy spending time with her. And we use it as a reward or we use it as a calm-down, like, tool, and it's it's really awesome. That sounds amazing. Yeah. She really – she's so good at reading. Dogs in general are so wonderful at, like, reading people and, like, knowing when someone is sad or – has anxiety. And and, I mean, she has been so wonderful for, I think, helping everyone at school, like notice and take a breath and like pause and find their center again. So.
1: I love that. Well, and as you were just saying that dogs have this innate ability to read a room, you know, they read energy and humans. Yes. Do we have those capabilities? 100%. You know, we could go down that rabbit hole. Yet we live in a society that often turns, you know, teaches us to turn that off or it needs Mm -hmm. to be compromised or it just gets, you know, dimmed down over time. Because again, we live in a world that we're constantly overstimulated and we just have all these other things going on. So we don't necessarily learn how to read rooms anymore. And animals never unlearn that behavior. That is something that's innate in them. And so they walk into a room, they're like, oh, something's off about little Susie over here. We need to go pay some special attention to her because we can tell something's going on.
0: Yeah, no, it's super cute, um, especially I've, I've turned a lot of people at school who weren't dog people before. They look now, like, are their feelings are hurt when Suna doesn't come say hi to them when she first walks <laughs> in. Um, so that's been really wonderful to see, too. Uh, I feel like there's lots of misconceptions about dogs. Um, but yeah, she'll walk in a room, and if you're the one who's having a lot of anxiety or is very sad or very emotional or something like that, she will come sit on your feet. Oh, and like knows your uh, hands until you better. <laughs> so. She's like, excuse me. I'm yeah, here now. He- uh, please pet me. You need yes.
1: this. <laughs> yes. You need to focus on me, not whatever's going on. So let's yeah. turn it to me, right? You'll have to share a little bit with us um, if we have time today mm-hmm. about what that process was like for you. Because I know there are many individuals out there who have thought about what it means to get a dog certified, you know, and in the continu- in the contiguous 48, which I can imagine this also extends to Alaska, but, you know, emotional support animals are not allowed on planes anymore. Yeah. Uh, you have to buy tickets for them. They are now considered passengers unless they are a certified service animal, which is seeing eye dogs, hearing dogs, seizure dogs, yeah. those sorts of things. Um, yeah. So I think people are confused on how you would go about doing this. I think I've spoken about this before. Or if you know me in my personal life, uh, we are trying to get Jasmine also certified to take her to work with me as well because she is very good at doing the same thing. You know, she doesn't necessarily yeah. want, you know, she doesn't run up to people in the same aspect, but I know if I've had really intense work sessions now that I'm working from home, she will like demand to be in my space. So when I noticed that she responded to me that way, what a great opportunity. And she's
0: very good with kids, which is important for us, right? Working with littles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll talk briefly about it. Perfect. Um, I had a friend who, uh, certified her puppy and, um, and I think it, I think her puppy was like, like a pup. It was like less than a year old. And so it was easy to get them certified. Um, Susie, uh, Susie, <laughs> that's her new name. We have renamed her <laughs> um, in honor of you, <laughs> <laughs> um, Suna and Frankie, um, they were both less than five when okay. I got them certified. And, um, because of that, uh, we did not have to do any like, uh, training or anything like that, but because their temperament and because they do listen to voice commands and they can be off leash and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, they are, uh, they were able to get that certification. Well, it's so
1: much easier, right? You're, Oh, you already did most of the hard work
0: by that yeah. point in time. Yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, that hard work is paying off because now my very well-behaved dog can accompany me to my workspace yep. um, and be a tool, not only to me, but to those I encounter as well. So
1: I love that. Well, we'll have to have to share some resources for people, too, that, you know, I I think they typically involve here, at least in North Carolina, you have to get them canine good citizen
0: certified first, and then you can go from there. Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, I just want to share that Suna is a Border Collie and Frankie is a a Black Lab. Um, And so, like, they're not, I mean, Frankie His breed is often a service animal or emotional support kind of thing. But Suna, the Border Collie, it's like you wouldn't think that she would be a very good You'd think she'd be so much
1: energy, yeah, that she'd want to be running around.
0: No, but she is perfect.
1: Well, awesome. Okay, so we've got work. We got how you ended up in Alaska. And then as I said in your little intro at the beginning that it seems like the last couple years have been difficult to say the least. That's probably not the best word out of the dictionary I could pull in, but tell us a little <laughs> bit, you know, about what's been going on for you. And when we talked about getting you on this podcast as, you know, our first real conversations that we're going to be having, you're like, yep, sign me up. I've got lots I could talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, honestly, uh, one one thing I was doing when, when I was encountering all of this stuff that I'm about to share is I was just like, stuffing it into my brain, like these experiences. And I was like, we can't deal with this right now. Yeah. You need to just like stay back here and be repressed.
1: We're going to put you in a drawer or what what is the analogy? I'm going to put you in a box in the back of the closet, in the back of my brain, and then I will come get you out when I can deal with you.
0: Yeah. But right now is not that time. Yeah. (laughs) Well, now is the time. Um, (laughs) But then back then it was not the time. Yeah. Um, So I, I'm just going to start from this. Um, I met my husband in 2017. And, uh, we like things were going really quickly, but another thing to know is like, I got in a bike accident like the week before I met him and I got this really bad injury that Mm. I'm still dealing with four years later. Um, but so anyways, I met him and I just like, it was, it was like pretty instant that I knew I was like, okay, this could be a forever thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'll do this. I'll do this forever. Um, and I got to know his family and, uh, we were, I was, we were really involved with his family on the weekends. So it would be like working at Anchorage Monday through Friday. And then we would drive up at like eight o'clock at night on a Friday night, it takes two and a half hours to get to his hometown. And then we'd spend the whole weekend. And often it was just like, so exhausting and at that point I didn't, I, I appreciated mental health, but I did not, I wasn't seeing a therapist. I wasn't taking antidepressants. And, um, at the very minimum, I probably should have been taking antidepressants seasonally. Um, cause in Alaska in the winter, we get like five hours of sunlight, oh, yeah. um, which like definitely wears on your mental state and just like your body. Yeah. Um, And so, I mean, fast forward, we got engaged um, in spring 2019, um, and then we went ahead and already chose a date um, for later that summer and rented a place and all that, and Travis um, was working as a paramedic, um, a 911 paramedic, um, and I was home alone, and uh, I had a stroke, and I had no idea. I was 28. Like A stroke at 28 kinda, years old. No yeah. pre-existing
1: anything to give you any reason to have a stroke.
0: Nope. Very active. Um, most, I would say mostly healthy. Probably could drink like three less beers a week or more. Who knows? <laughs> sure. But no, um, no overt
1: behaviors or activities that would have given you a reason to have a stroke.
0: Nope. Not a smoker. Um, I was pretty... I was running a mile a day at that time and like going to the gym and actually I was still sweaty from <laughs> my walk that I went on earlier in the day with my friend. And so like, that is one of my greatest regrets is that, <laughs> and I'm guess I'm kind of being funny because that's how I cope with, um, I like I think trauma it's appropriate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, if I had known that I was going to have a stroke later that day, I totally would have showered right after I got home from the walk.
1: <laughs> like those paramedics are going to have to see me all gross. And you just told me, I'm, we're going to have to mark this. You told me 15 minutes ago that we don't really sweat in Alaska. So now yeah. we're lying. We do sweat in Alaska. Exercise, not in the winter though.
0: <laughs> okay, perfect. Perfect. All right, I'll take it. Okay. Um. So... And actually, it wasn't even about seeing the people. It was about the fact that I didn't get to shower for like three days. (gasps) Oh, wow. (laughs) So it was just like really, like, I just felt nasty. You know what I mean? Like, and especially at that time, I was like a full shower at least once a day kind of person. Sure. Whereas now, I think I'm a little bit more gross. Like,
1: (laughs) Oh, who isn't after this pandemic, right? Oh, right,
0: right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Like, if you give me a wipe, I'll just like wipe
1: myself down. Once yeah, yeah, every yeah. couple of days, if I'm not doing anything, maybe
0: a little spritz and just yeah. like rub. I don't know. I mean, Hey, if you it's wash raining. your face.
1: Yeah. If you like, Oh, you can go outside, get like a little
0: rain yeah. shower, you know, yeah. it's fine. Also, I taught myself how to, how to braid during the pandemic. And that was like, I. Amazing. Never looked back. <laughs>
1: yeah. Now you don't have to wash your hair, but like once a week. Exactly. Exactly. People Secret really for all understand. girls. You don't
0: have to wash your hair
1: every day. Yeah. You don't even have to wash it so, every
0: other day. Yeah. No, no. I'm in the process of training my hair right now. And my goal is to get get it to like three day or three days without washing it. So right now I'm on every other day. Hey, but we're making, making progress. Transition. Yeah. It's baby yeah. steps over here.
1: When you still go in person, right? I don't have to yeah. see people in person except for one day a week, sometimes two days a week. And so I wash my hair once a week because you don't realize how much dry shampoo is in my hair if you see me through a screen.
0: <laughs> I love that so much for you.
1: Yes. You know, <laughs> save the water, save the planet. I don't got to shower. It's great.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. So you are home by yourself. I want to highlight this. Home by yourself. Yeah. Travis is at work. He's a 911 paramedic. So I can imagine his shifts look very different than the traditional nine to five shift.
0: Yeah. It was a, uh, I think he started at 7 a.m. Um, and he, his workspace was like an hour, an hour's drive away. Oh my God. Um, and so he starts at seven and he gets back at seven. Okay. Um, or maybe it's eight. I don't know. I think it is eight because I remember, um, so I'm home alone, but I know that his cousin is going to come to the house and spend the night later. Cause he just needed a place to crash. Um, and it's about seven 30. So I, I'm on the phone with my friend, but I'm, where, I'm like, uh, he's driving up North. Um, and so this, the service is super spotty. Uh, and, um, so I'm like listening to him tell me a story and then I go to respond. Actually pause. I am fo- I'm sorting laundry to fold. Um, and I keep putting like shirts where I put the shorts or socks <sighs> where I put the shirts and I'm like, Oh, like, oops, I messed that up. Like what's going on. And then he, he's telling me something and then he's like, he asks me a question and I go to speak and it, all it is is babble. <gasps> like, an infant child. What is that called? Aphasia. Yeah, when you can't. Yeah, that is the word. Good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I instantly start having a panic attack because it's like, why the fuck can I talk? Yeah, I mean you're 28 years, years old and lady,
1: right? Yeah. Unless you're highly intoxicated by a substance you put into your body, or you're, I don't know, you're just dead asleep. Yeah. There's a no reason that you shouldn't be able to make words.
0: For sure. And so, you know, I, I have this this is one of my toxic traits. I hate <laughs> making people inconven, inconvenienced. I hate it. Ah, yeah. Hate it. So because of that, I um <laughs> I do so many things because of that. But in, in this instant I um I was like, Ooh, this is weird. Uh and I somehow got off the phone with him. Yeah.
1: I, have I wonder no if he idea. like it was like the spotty area and so you're just like, uh, okay, goodbye and he like thought because he was spotty signal, maybe it like made sense that you sounded weird.
0: Yeah. 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 That's all I'm thinking. Um, and so I hang up with him and of course my dogs are just at my feet. Cause they're like, are you okay, mom? Yeah. And I was like, kids stop being annoying. Like I'm good. <sighs> but then I also I instantly, um, I noticed right away, uh, like I took my left hand and I touched my face also, I know that so well because we had, um, a doggy cam in the living room at the time and that's where I was. And so there, the, there's a video of me having a stroke, no. which is so valuable for me, like for profit. Oh yeah. And so I, I actually just watched it yesterday and it was just like, but so I immediately like touched my lips as I'm like taking a lot of really deep breaths, trying to calm myself down. Um, and I'm just like, why aren't my lips working? Like what's wrong with my mouth? And then, um, I, am not using my right arm at all. Um, because that is the side that was affected. Um, I would find out like two days later or the next day or maybe hours. I have no idea about time during this period. Um, that I had a stroke in my basal ganglia on my left side. So that means that my right side was impacted. Um, and it was just wild. Like, but here's the deal. I didn't feel any pain. I wasn't like bleeding and I could still walk and, like, take myself to the bathroom. I did have a lot of right arm weakness. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'll just watch Big Little Lies oh my on my God. couch. <laughs> drink this Travis will be water, home. It'll be fine. I'm fine. Everything's and fine. I'll see Travis's cousin at 10 o'clock. And so I actually texted people during that time from 730 on. And I was just like, hey. And I was like, I can see, I can do this. Like, I was trying I'm to convince fine. myself that I was okay. Yep. Um, and I it turns out I wasn't. Um, and not until turns out and- I was having an
1: active stroke
0: while pretending that everything was fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's just like a fun thing that I did that time. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like just trying to keep it fresh. So I. um, as I was sitting there, I, de- I texted Travis at, like, 8 o'clock-ish, and I was like, hey, we're halfway there. That was my thought. But what actually I typed out made zero sense. And he saw it, and he was just like, oh. Like, he saw it on his Apple Watch, but just, he was on a call. Like, he was ta- doing doing work stuff, and, like, he was just like, oh, she's just playing with the dogs. She just fat-fingered some stuff. No big deal. Um, and actually I was having a stroke and then he didn't really realize until I was like, uh, like, I guess it was like nine o'clock ish when he finally, I, when he calls it my moment of clarity. Um, when I finally said, he's like, Hey, like I'm on dinner break right now. Da, 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 da. Uh, what are you doing? And I was like, Hey, can't talk. And he's like, What do you mean you can't talk? You're my fiance, I will talk to you. Excuse me, what are you doing? (laughs) And I was like, No, no, no. I actually can't talk like my words. And he was like like he starts like, What? What the fuck? So he calls me and I immediately burst into tears because I finally like my safe person, right? Like the person that I can like tell anything to and they'll always support me type thing. They're finally on the phone and now I can like break down like before I had to stay strong and now I'm like ready for someone to take care of me. <laughs>
1: well, now it's real, right? It's yeah. real. It's yeah. No more pretending that you're fine. This is the person that you've committed to spend your life with, right? And you're all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm not pretending anymore. Things yeah, listen, are not This fine. is what's happening right now.
0: <laughs> um, and so uh, he's like, okay, uh, I'll call you right back. And I was like, Okay, what did you call me right back? (laughs) And so I think he was like trying to see where his cousin was. Yeah. Um, and then also he was like probably called his mom and was like, Mom, something's Victoria's not okay. Like, but his mom was in Seward. And so um his mom called her one of her best friends that live in Anchorage, um, and paused on them and back to Travis calling me again. And telling me to get ready to go to the hospital. And I needed to call 911. And I was like, okay. Like, and so I had to feed the dogs before I left because. You must. You must complete household tasks before you leave to go
1: to the emergency
0: room. When you're having a stroke. Okay. It was my (laughs) checklist. I couldn't leave and not feed my baby's dinner. No, of course not. Um. I could totally see
1: myself doing that. I don't, you know, this is saying it very lightly. I don't ever want to see myself in a position where I have to think about that. But I can 100% respect that being a person who lives by lists and is constantly running through all the things I have to do in my head all day long. And it sounds like you yourself are one of those people. And as you said, coming from a personality trait style and a behavior style and an attachment style of being a people pleaser in your mind, you're like, well, if I don't feed them, that means someone else will have to feed them. So I need to do this while I can. Exactly,
0: exactly. I'm so glad you
1: understand. Oh, 100%. This is, I am also working on not doing things for the sake of other people's <laughs> wants and needs and only for my wants and needs. Yes. Twinsies. Twinsies. Got some work to do, y'all. I got some inner child work to do about being <sighs> one, being raised as women in this society, and two, being raised to take care of other people, right?
0: Oh, so for we sure, go to feed sure. the dogs, and then what? Um, I'm just like super thankful I have a black lab because like, holy moly, he is just so excited to eat food in general, (laughs) um, because I was experiencing that right hand, that right arm weakness. Um, and I'm right-handed. Um, I scooped that food with my right hand and then I, in my brain, my arm was over the dog food bowl, um, in real life, it wasn't, and I just, uh, do the motion and it's everywhere, and Frankie was so excited, I was like, oh, good boy, good boy. He's like, and a hey, Suna... on the floor! <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Suna is, like, having her own anxiety about me not being okay, um, so she probably didn't eat while I was in the hospital, because that's just how she expresses herself. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. when she's worried, you know? Um, and so anyways, I also closed the blinds, and Travis swears he heard me doing the dishes. I don't remember that part, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> is he on the phone but with also, you as you're getting ready to go to the hospital?
0: Uh, yeah. he was, For a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't remember that part, but I wouldn't be surprised either. Sure. Um, so I call 911 and I was able to tell them my phone number and where I lived. All of that was pretty concise. Um, but then the thing I remember the most is like, do you need an ambulance or the police or the fire? And I was like, please. <laughs> and I was like, they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and so they're like, I don't know what to send you. Like, we don't know do what's what? going on. Yeah, yeah. And so finally, um, I end up saying like, "Oh, ambulance!" Like, and I, I said the whole word. Like so there was a quick moment where you could get it where, out. Where my brain was like, "Get it together. This is this is how your life is going to be saved, and life's being saved in the sense of like, like being more." independent than if I would have just sat and waited. Um, Mm -hmm. so as soon as I get, so, uh, they knock on my door and I like, I look like I'm about to go for a hike. I have a sweater. I have my tennis shoes on. (laughs) I brought my coffee bag and a water bottle. And I'm just like, I'm ready. ready. (laughs) It's like getting (laughs) picked up for school. You're like, where are we going? I'm ready. Yeah, seriously. I'm like, I'm going to go have some fun somewhere. Probably. Um, And I have no idea what's happening to me yet. And just so many different things are going on, right, in my mind. Um, but they knock on the door and I go straight to the door and then I shut the door. Like I like am on the porch now with them and they're just like, whoa, 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 like, are you the person? I'm like, it's me. And I just start I burst into tears. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I just like can't even with myself. I burst into tears, and they're like, "Have you been drinking? Have you done any like su- have like drugs?" Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "No no 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 none of that. I don't know what's wrong with me. Please help me." <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And, and, and Is and, any of
1: that coherent, or is it just
0: gobbling? No, coming out I'm, of your I'm mouth? A mess. Yeah. Um. But I had a really great. Paramedic in the back mm-hmm. of that ambulance, that's and so there is a fire engine as well because um, that's what they do for heart stuff and like stroke, stroke and heart attack type things. Um, I actually don't know anything official about that. That's my guess. What I've been told. What I've picked up. That on. <laughs> makes sense, at least for we can speak to North
1: Carolina. So we had a firefighter on a previous episode. If y'all can remember Andre's episode where he talks about so in North Carolina, the way that works is if you call nine one one, they will send firefighters first because there are more fire stations than there typically are access to paramedics or ambulances. So they will send uh, okay. a, it's like numbers two through five. So like a one would just be like, I fell. I think my leg is hurt, but I'm fine. There's no like emergency. They're not going to uh-huh. send I just... fire. But if there okay. is an emergency, they will send fire first because they will probably get to you sooner.
0: Well, and see in Alaska, um, the ambulances and the fire trucks are at the same station together. Yeah. Yeah. And so um they just like can't I don't know if that's how they always respond to calls, but that's yeah. how they responded to my call lights and siren to well, my I, bet, house. I mean, you were
1: probably not making any sense and like you said, you kept saying can please imagine. and it sounded like police and so they were <sighs> probably like we don't have any fucking idea what's going on with this person yeah. just send
0: it all send it all. yeah, like get them out of here. Um, so anyways, they um and, and I hadn't described my my symptoms to mm-hmm. them. And I, so I think that they picked up on it, but also I'm sure part of them was like, how old are you? You're 28. You're probably just like smoked some weird weed or something. And it's right. Like, no! right. Or you took a no.
1: mushroom or it's like you yeah. ingested a poisonous berry on your walk. Something's Absolutely. going on.
0: Absolutely. So, um, I actually, and the, I had to describe my symptoms first to my husband. Cause he was like, what's going on? And I was like, I can't talk. Uh, but, um, I don't even know what this sounded like to him. Um, but I would love to know that we need Travis's input. Travis. (laughs) Yeah. Travis, come back. Um, and I just, I, he, when I told my husband about it, all my symptoms, he was very calm. He was very professional. Mm hmm. About his job, and he was just like, "Okay." He didn't tell me what he th- thought it was. He just told me that I'm I didn't sure even call he an knew. Like, you know, oh, what if he had sure. said, um, "Vicky, you're having a stroke." I'm sure you yeah. would have lost your mind. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I yeah, absolutely. Because honestly, strokes are for like old people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not for 28 year olds. Yeah. So that was kind of scary um, to learn that later. Uh but so as soon as I get in the ambulance. I have Dave, the paramedic, and Cam, the firefighter, who's just back there, like love them. Dave and Cam. I I called them on my first anniversary of my stroke, and I was just like, "Hey, just like appreciate you so much." Um, oh. And I, but they've moved around fire stations, so I wasn't able to call them this last summer. Um, but next summer, I'm going to track them down. Let's do it. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, and so I'm in the back of the ambulance, and we're basically just playing this ridiculous game of charades together. Um, Dave is busy, like putting in all of like the tests and things that I'm going to need to have. Um, it's, I honestly give a lot of thanks to him because he got my name on the list for a lot of things that he knew I would need as a stroke person. Um, but I think if I had any other paramedic who wasn't really sure what was going on with me. Um, it would have been, it would have taken a little bit longer and time mm-hmm. is really important when you're having a stroke, oh, yeah. uh, but, but so me and Cam are over there playing, uh, charades and I'm like, my boyfriend. And then I was like, I'm wearing an engagement ring and I'm like, Oh, like, no, uh, my, my fiance. And it's just like, I am not talking but i'm like pointing to stuff and so he's just like t- guessing and i'm like mhm <laughs> oh my god it is a literal game
1: of charades so he's like yeah. you're, like four words fiance <laughs> is a
0: paramedic like i'm trying yeah, and I'm to like, word this out and, and then like he does and i'm pointing to day of the paramedic and he's like oh is a paramedic and i'm like yeah but and i'm pointing like to the direction of the valley and he's like oh in the valley and i'm like mm mm-hmm. mhm and and then he's just like asking me questions, trying to like keep me calm and happy. And I'm just like so thankful to be in the back of the back of this ambulance, first ambulance ride. Um, ooh, ooh. And so actually, as we're getting ready to pull away, my husband's cousin pulls up and is like, "Hey, like," because he knows that I'm not okay. And so he's like trying to talk to the firefighters and get in the back of the ambulance, but they wouldn't let him because, and that was cause I wasn't married. I didn't like, he wasn't like, we don't know who you are. Yeah, exactly. He could have been Joe Schmo from across the street. Like they don't know. Um, and then I get to the hospital. Uh, I have no, idea. I still don't know, but I'm so tired. I accidentally called my mom Oh boy! Like while I'm on the gurney going to get my uh, <laughs> CT scan, and just like it's just everything's a mess, man. Everything was a disaster. Um, and so I get my CT scan, and I um, I'm back in the emergency room. Um, Kim, my mother-in-law's best friend, is sitting right by my bed. She's holding my hand, and then my ghostly white fiance walks in the room, and he is just. Like wide eyed and like what the fuck? Yeah. Um, but the bright side is that he was in his paramedic uniform, so he didn't have to jump through any hoops at all to get back Let him there. Let they him just through. assumed exactly. They just assumed that he was doing the thing. Um, And this is the most frightening part, and I can't remember the percentage exactly, but while I was sitting on this bed, and I'm just like can't talk. My right hand is just like doing its own thing. Um, I. The, the doctor that um, was assigned to me is actually on a video from San Francisco. What? And I think that stroke stuff was like, like stroke information was going through a transition um, because his belief was that you have four and a half hours from the onset of an ischemic stroke before you can take, or before you can't take the TPA, which is an anticoagulant. Um, and at this point, I am at, like, hour four. I have 30 minutes left before he would say no to, like, me um, having the TPA. What is a TPA? It's a it's a really powerful anticoagulant. Okay. But so, and, a, and an ischemic stroke is a blockage, basically. Okay. Like so a blood it's a blockage bl- in your brain. A blood clot, yeah. Okay. Um, and... The other type of stroke, and I think, I don't know if there's only two, but there's two like main kind, I don't know, uh, is a bleed. Um, okay. so they were like 60 or 70% sure that mine was a blockage.
1: Yeah. And not and a so brain giving bleed.
0: me, yes. Giving me the anticoagulant would be perfect if it was a blockage, but there was a forty percent chance, thirty to forty percent chance, that it wasn't a blockage and that it was actually a bleed. Oh, and so because I was a single lady at the time, technically, in the government's eyes, my right. health insurance size, insurance's eyes, <laughs> insurances, um, I had to make all my own medical decisions. Which I'm like, no, oh thank you. God. Like I am not adult enough to do this. No, Who you're said? like sitting there
1: on uh, like with this doctor, and you're like, I'm sorry. Is there another adult we can call?
0: Yeah. Well, who can I call? There can I phone a friend? An adult and me? Yeah. <laughs> can we call my mom and ask my mom really quick?
1: Yeah, please. <laughs> like, oh my God, seriously. What? I love all those memes where it's like, have you seen the one where, oh my God, I'm going to totally butcher this. So y'all forgive me. <laughs> but if y'all know exactly what I'm talking about, where it's it's a, a real... Uh, TikTok, I don't know, but it's where they get and it's the I, I think I'm supposed to be in a young adult and it's like, mom, they mailed me this. What does this mean? Mom, <laughs> the bank said I should do this. What does that mean? Mom, how do I open a check, open a checking account? And it is hilarious because it's like, oh. yes, mm-hmm. absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Abs- yeah, can't agree more. Um, so I just like survey the room. Which feels what like I do you a y'all think choice? I should do? Because we're talking about my life. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like. Mm, so, what would you do? And I, Cam, Cam mm, you
1: remember us when we played charades? What do you think yeah. I should do right now?
0: Do I say yes to the TPA? What's your vote? <laughs> <laughs> and that's so typical, like back then me, but like also it's like emergency me yeah. is like I need someone else's opinion because I don't know about I don't these. feel qualified to make my own decisions.
1: Yeah, exactly. And here's the thing, even if you aren't a people pleaser and even if you are the most independent, mostly educated about this stuff, no one knows what you would actually do until you're in that space being confronted oh. with that decision.
0: 100%.
1: If you asked me right now what I would do, I'd been like, I don't know. I literally would have done the same thing you did and been like, well, okay, Is who has like the highest vote that we think I should do the TPA? We'll go
0: with them. Oh, yeah. If they said if they would have said no, I'd have been like, nope. Yeah. But great. They both said, and I was like, what would you guys do? And they would like, I would do it. And yeah. Travis was like, I would do it. And so I was like, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Okay. This sounds <laughs> so good. Three, three of you, all good. Okay. Oh, perfect. Let's do this. Um. So I t- I got the anticoagulant. Um. And almost instantly, I, uh, I was able to talk and communicate and um also my facial droop was so much better uh like instant oh gosh I just love that. Kim like looked at me and she was like oh yeah yeah yeah. I can tell it's getting better that has to feel so good yeah you're like oh thank god and well and honestly can I just like be vain for a second well more than a second because like that's part of being a human. Yeah. Um, I was like, I don't want my face to look like this forever. Oh my God. No, <laughs> like, I no.
1: I you know what is smile? so funny? You do have a beautiful smile and your teeth Thank are you. so beautiful and white and straight. And you know, Shout I think, Hey, Hey, so great. <laughs> okay. Do you have braces as a kid? No,
0: nope. Oh, <gasps> natural John beauties. Love
1: them. Look at those teeth. Genetically y'all should see this. We were just making teeth faces <laughs> at each other. So I, I love that you said that about you absolutely you never have to ask permission to one want to think about yourself especially in the mindset of your image how we look and how we feel about ourselves is so important anytime we play these games in our friend groups of like would you rather our friend group does this a lot like would you rather lose a leg or I don't know like eat poop and I'm like (laughs) I don't ever want to envision myself without how I look as a person right now without my limbs so like I don't ever choose that option because that to me is like so terrifying
0: (laughs) Well, and you know, it is, it is this thing of like, I mean, amputees, I'll, okay, listen, I don't know a lot about things, but I do know from Grey's Anatomy when Arizona <laughs> lost her leg, okay, it was very traumatic for her, yes. and you know, I just like, that's thats what I think about losing limbs. Um, But also in the same way, that's basically what my right arm was. I can remember like being better at texting with my left hand than my right hand, which is a big deal because like I'm typically right-handed. Um, and so now fast forward, like I'm in the ICU and they're making me pee in a freaking bedpan. And I'm just like, listen, listen. Why do we have to do this? But it's because I was a fall risk still. Oh, They okay. didn't know like if my legs were impacted and it was basically the middle of the night. So they're just like, okay, let's just, we'll just have you pee in the bed. Man. I was like, this is the worst. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: That's that. What does that call? Like that independent, like self-liberty that is yeah. taken away through that autonomy. Yeah.
0: Oof. Oh, but so then I'm just like laying in this bed and Travis is, I have to like kind of tell Travis to go home, to go to sleep and like, Take care of the dogs and stuff like that, um, which was, I mean, I, I'm sure it was very hard for him to do because, like, he wanted to make sure I was okay right. and stay with me. So, um, I ended up staying at the hospital for four days. Uh, it took them a long, it, honestly, a very long time. I think on day three, we finally figured out what caused the stroke. Um, because they were running so many tests, and my panels looked great, like, I was average for a 28 year old like nothing big was going on um, but then on my oh they had, they were doing this thing called a bubble test okay um, and the bubble test is where they like shake up saline and then inject it in your left arm and then they're while they're doing that they're watch they're doing an ultrasound of your heart so they're watching um, it yeah and so basically, they, what they were checking for was a PFO and a PFO is something we all have when we are in our mother's womb. Um, and that's how you get oxygenate, oxygenated blood. But when you're born that hole in the top chamber that connects those top two chambers of your heart, that hole should seal itself and okay. then you're good. And actually, uh, there's about 25% of adults have a pfo and so most it's the, of them it's don't that, it's when it. that thing doesn't seal is what yeah. you're saying okay exactly exactly um and so basically they they were inserting those bubbles to see if it comes up on both sides of my heart um and not just the one it's supposed to only go in. i think it's the left side i don't know i'm not a that's to. okay no one here I'm is gonna hold you is. to it
1: yeah if okay, someone good. medically this wants to <laughs> no i'm not grading you and i'm not fact-checking you yeah. if anybody wants to email write in Correct us. Fine. We'll hear you out. Yeah, but other than that, let's do
0: it for yeah. sure. Um, so because we're they, not giving medical
1: advice, so I am not oh, uh, too absolutely. concerned about it. Uh, that sounds great. Um, what happens? What do they see when they oh, put the bubble test in?
0: Well, so they can't tell me what they see, right? Because they're not the doctor, which is so frustrating because I'm just like sitting here and Trying to like nap. Napping was like my, was my new favorite (laughs) hobby, which I didn't hate. But then of course the doctor comes in later, uh, and he lets me know that I do have a PFO and that we, it does need to be corrected. Um, because my risk of stroke is still, I like, and and it's super high when you've just had a stroke, your risk of a second stroke, um, is very, very high for that like first year. Um, And so you basically had to have heart surgery. I did. Um, but it didn't, it it wasn't as extreme as that sounds because I'm I'm making it sound very scary. Yes. Everyone's like crack open that chest. Let's go. Let's do some heart stuff. That's not how it was at all. That was actually a really fun experience. Um, also listen, I maxed out my, uh, health insurance that year. So I'm talking unlimited chiropractic visits, unlimited oh, yes. therapeutic massages, Hell free yes. therapy sessions, which is honestly kind of how it should be. Um, um, yes. Can we take a pause
1: on that? Uh, therapy should be free and people should get paid better to give therapy services.
0: Agreed. 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 Listen, I, so I work with kids. This kiddo needs therapy really bad. He needs to see a counselor and just like work through some stuff. The wait list is six to eight months. Yeah. It is insane. Yikes. Insane. Oof. So anyways, terrible thing. Great things happen from it. Um,
1: so you are being told, hey, you got to correct the PFO in your heart. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and before I can like leave the hospital, I have to complete all these like therapies with like the speech pathologist and a physical yeah. therapist and an occupational therapist. Um I'm good to go on like the physical therapy. Don't need to continue that after. Um, and then I have one session with an occupational therapist when I am outpatient, um, when I'm out of the hospital. Uh, and then that's it. They were like, you're going to be fine. Just like do that, do these things. And it was summer. So I wasn't working cause I'm a teacher, um, or I was working in education and also, I was, I saw a a speech pathologist and when I walked in, I was like, yeah, I had a stroke two weeks ago. And she's like, you sound great. (laughs) She said "Uh, Uh, for uh, a stroke survivor, you are fine. Absolutely. After that is when things started getting like the high of being alive, um, was great and the high of being kind of independent. Cause like at this point I wasn't super independent. Travis was still working, out in the valley, um, and has having 24 hour shifts at a time. So then I would be alone for that time. Um, my dad and my sister flew out right away, stayed for about a week and a half. Um, and then less than a week later, my mom was here for, and she stayed for about six weeks because, um, she was just staying cause we were getting married at the end of the, at, oh on gosh. August 1st. And like so preparing like, for
1: a wedding after having a stroke.
0: Yeah. And so, um, we had to schedule the heart surgery so I did that but also like I'm a second grade teacher at the time and I knew that the school year was coming so it's like okay well I need to wait for six weeks after my stroke my stroke happened on June 11th um but I also need to make sure that I can start school with everybody and it's just like I mean my principal was like no pressure do what you need to do but like also can you let me know (laughs) yeah I need to know if you'll be here or not yes yeah, and like I had a really great cohesive team uh with two other second grade teachers and they were both like oh my gosh is Vicky okay and then they were like oh my gosh can Vicki still teach? <laughs> like, do we have to get a new member to our team? Yep. Um yep. Yeah, and that was just wild. But I uh so wedding planning, woof. Who like just guys, it shouldn't be any different than what your relationship already is. Um I understand you wanna make memories, you wanna look great, good, good do that, do that thing but also it's not that big of a deal. Um, we had a beautiful venue. I wanted sunflowers. I had a dress. We had rings. We were, that was ready to go. Um, but my sister-in-law, my soon to be sister in-law, um, and her partner were in Alaska for the summer. They actually did a lot of help Mm. or helped a lot with, um, with planning it. And we had a beautiful summer that, that summer, 2019. So gorgeous out. There was a lot of wildfires in Alaska, but for the most part, yeah. it was very clear in Anchorage and in Seward until like the week before the wedding. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's so much smoke out in the Resurrection Bay." And I was just like, "This cannot happen, like for the wedding. Like I need it to." <laughs> the one like thing clear you can't out. control. You're like, "Please get out, out of here." You know, and oh my gosh, I need to back up a little bit. One of my very, very, very best friends, um, and. Actually, both of them are my friends. They got married in, um, uh, at the end of June. So like we're, I'm talking two weeks after my stroke and I was in the wedding party. So it's like, I have my dress, I have my shoes and I'm like, Hey guys, I had a stroke. And they're like, okay, like, do you need anything? Like, yeah, can you come? Like, it's not a big deal. Like, take your time, do what you need to do. Anyways, I ended up going, I ended up having like less of, um, facial droop is that also called aphasia that's a not asking the right person cool. no that's idea fine. That's no fine. idea I think I think it is um but anyways uh and by the time I was in their wedding it was like it was gone which I was oh, stoked yay. about because yeah. like ugh, yeah I, was, I did so many tongue exercises to fix my <laughs> speech and like I, I had to smile to, like, help my brain remember how to use those yeah. macros and stuff. It was just, like, wild. Um, but, I, yeah, I walked their dog down the aisle.
1: Oh, my gosh. So cute. It was so cute. I can't imagine um, how emotional that sounds like this whole summer was in a way of like all the things that, I mean, you were getting married, your best friends were getting married, you had family, you know, around all the time here and there, and just having to make these decisions of like, do I go back to work? Can I go back to work? How do I decide any of that? Because it impacts other people, and we're yeah. a people pleaser.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Absolutely. And I, at this point, I'd never seen a therapist as an adult. And it's just like, we're well, actually ever. Um, so it's like, I had no, I uh, honestly, one of my dear friends here in Alaska, he was like, when I told him this story and I was like, dude, I've, I was so depressed for such a long time. And he's like, Vicki, I totally knew that the entire time because of like, because of like how I would act and because I would always fill my schedule to where I like never had time to sit with myself and like listen to what I was feeling or whatever. And that was just like that was so unhealthy, but it, it's such a learned behavior. And it's such a habit that even now I'm, I struggle with making decisions. It's like, Oh, but I, I told them that I would go. So I have to go, even though I'm emotionally exhausted and have nothing to offer. Right. I mean, um, think about
1: that. You're like, um, yeah, I had a stroke two weeks ago, but I'm going to do all these exercises with my tongue and my face to make sure I can <laughs> be
0: in your wedding. Well, not specifically for that, but like even this weekend, I was, I was supposed to go to this like ladies retreat thing and it's just like oh, I'm so exhausted. we have to get our backyard ready for winter like mm-hmm. and just like I just want I just want time to like sit on my couch and drink coffee <gasps> and like read a book.
1: This is how I know I've reached
0: thing. peak adulthood. Have you oh, seen I'm there? Right,
1: I'm gonna keep referencing memes, y'all, because apparently that's been my life yes. lately. But you, have you seen that again? I don't know. I don't know that the picture gifts memes. I don't know, but pictures with words of it's that <laughs> little mouse in that little story, and she's like knitting in a in her little hovel, oh and it's gosh, like, yes. can we make this the dream for people instead <laughs> of these other things that we read about as kids? And I was like, that is me. I literally sent a picture last night to my friends of my setup in our living room. That's like, you know, got like fall stuff everywhere in our orange lights. Yeah. And I was like, this will be my happy place for the next six weeks. Thank you.
0: <laughs> if you need me, this is where I'll be. I, I'm accepting letters only. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk.
1: Nope. Nope. It's uh, great. So how, you know, and I know you. we can go circle back to you talking about preparing for this wedding. It sounds like as a people pleaser, I'm curious if some of that was honestly just like pure exhaustion. I don't have the mental capacity to think about these things and Mm y'all seem to care about them. So I'm going to let you do you or were you genuinely wanting to be involved, but you just could not anymore. So you had to relinquish that control.
0: Okay. So I do love control, but in my practice as an educator, I have really hone that in because the job is impossible right? to have control over everything. So I, um, that the, that year before the stroke, I had really started to like start throwing the responsibility at these seven-year-old kids. <laughs> yep. And so that's, yep. and I so thought that was something I was practicing. Additionally, I was kind of like, dude, let's do it like, let's do it in the backyard. Like we don't have to do, we don't have to go anywhere. Like this backdrop is beautiful, but like, also I, I don't care who goes. My yeah. dad officiated it. Um, Aww. like it was just like, it was perfect the way it was. And if we didn't, and even in hindsight, we didn't need half the things that we spent money on. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it still would have meant the same to me. Um, if we were wearing jeans and a t-shirt, yeah. <laughs> so, like, it was super easy. And honestly, it was like a weight off my shoulders for yeah. them to do it. Because like you want to make it look this way? Cool. I'm okay with this is the theme I want. These are the colors I'm okay with. Give me either like it. give me options like this or that. And I can I can choose this or that, but I'm not gonna do like researching and stuff to make this happen. Um and so what's really interesting is that I totally became like a toddler in that I was napping like three times a day initially just because like the brain and even the brain and the body, like that's when they do their healing is when you're snoozing. Um, So I just was snoozing a lot and I was sleeping like 12 hours at night, um, totally zonking out puppy therapy in full swing. The dogs would just like (laughs) lay with me and it was beautiful. Me and my sister had to have, got to have, um, a sister sleepover when my husband mm. was working overnight that, that first week my sister was there, which was just like a lot of fun. My sister's 10 years older than me. Mm-hmm. So, um, we didn't really grow up together because she kind of like was taking care of me. Like yep. I can remember like riding in her car when I was like eight and she was like driving and I was <gasps> an adult and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it was, it's just been a lot of fun, like in adulthood, getting to know her, but um, and like having fun with her and stuff. And then having her come to be with me was really honestly incredible. She had visited Alaska when me and Travis first started dating. Um, so we, Travis had her number. So actually when he called my family to let them know what was happening, he called my sister first. Cause mm-hmm. he realized that he didn't have my number or, um, not my number, my mom's number and my dad's number. So he called my sister and mind you, it's like nine o'clock at night or maybe it's closer to 10 now in Alaska. So it's like, like 2 a.m. here. It, yeah. 2 a.m. Or 1 a.m. Uh, Cause my sister lives in Texas. And yeah. so and I think it was like 1 a.m. there. And so her and her husband were snoozing and then she woke up and she's like, hello. And then she like literally couldn't go back to sleep. Yeah, um, of course not. And, yeah. And then my mom, it was 2 a.m. in North Carolina and he shared with her what, what was going on. He was like, I'm pretty sure it's a stroke, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm on my way to the hospital now and listen, it's a, it was an hour's drive away from where we were an hour apart. Uh, he made it there in like 35 minutes. Oh I was God. like, my dude, <laughs> Flying. And he, was in, um, he was in my 2011 RAV4. It, it's got four cylinders.
1: Yeah. She's cool. We like her <laughs> pretty, pretty sick. <laughs> yeah.
0: She's kick-ass. We like her. Um, <sighs> yeah. So it was just, that was really chaotic, but, um, it kind of brought some realities up to, my think, like really up close and personal. Um, number one, like my dad is not a crier. My dad's a special forces army ranger, 82nd airborne, like all that stuff. Right. So he's like a roughy toughy army guy. Um, and when I saw him, the day after I was discharged from the hospital and he knocked on my door cause I told him I was awake. And so he was staying at a hotel nearby. Um, I, he, he's like, don't ever do that again. And he hugged mm-hmm. me and he cried in front of me. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like I had no idea, like that you could have this emotion, but you know, in hindsight, um, those emotions are so real and in our society, it's not appropriate yet for men to show those emotions, yep. without we're getting being there weak, yeah, yeah, Yeah. we'll be there soon. i I feel it, um, but anyways, that was yeah, so that was really- big of your
1: dad. I mean, it just shows it speaks to the degree of how scary it was, not only for you, absolutely,
0: absolutely. but also for your
1: family to, like you said, you were a healthy young adult. This wasn't that long ago. And you were just out for your walk and came home. And all of a sudden, this thing that you didn't even know you lived with for your whole life is rearing its ugly head. And that's terrifying. You know, we don't have control over those things.
0: Yeah. um, So, and, you know, the other part that was just like a really big awakening for me was like this thing of I had this wonderful community of people. I had no idea. Well, I knew they were wonderful, but it's like, I've never had to call on them right. to help me out. And there were so many offerings for people who, to come over and like walk our dogs and like take care of the house and mm-hmm. stuff like that. My sister, it was funny. Cause like, I, I keep a really clean house. Well, lol, I used to, <laughs> <laughs> um, after I relinquished some of that, uh, like people pleasing, got to keep my house super clean, even if I have to lose sleep over it kind of thing. Yep. Um, that's what we got to do, man. Um, my sister was like, Listen, the dishes are starting to stink. And she just started cleaning my house. And I was like, Thank you so much. Like, I just obviously don't have the energy for it. Like, I'm yep, not doing clearly it. Clearly not. Yeah. We, we will take our clean clothes off of this coffee table. This is our new dresser. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> uh, I love that. Would you like to sit on the shirts or the shorts? Uh, or just this pile of socks? It's fine. Yeah. that will be a nice massage for your butt. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then my husband got a, gosh, what is that called? Meal train website at mm-hmm. the for us, um, account. And there were such an outpouring of people providing us food and like healthy food, Yum. like not just like McDonald's gift cards or something, but like homemade deliciousness. Like, oh my gosh, somebody made us a zucchini, um, lasagna. <gasps> I'm never turning back. I'll never Amazing. eat a lasagna noodle again. Like, oh, so good. Um, But then, I mean, and then the wedding came, friends flew in, family flew in, our photographer flew in. Um, It was just, and and the wedding happened and it was so beautiful, so thankful. Um, But then it was over and I can remember I had my heart surgery on August, uh, August 13th. -hmm. We got married on August 1st. So 12 days later. I am at our local hospital and, um, so the deal is with this heart surgery is they do it in the cath lab. So it's catheter surgery. They go through both sides of my femoral artery. Um, and they, the femoral artery goes all the way up to the heart. And so they're in like my groin area. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're sticking like these big needles in there and I'm not. I, I'm totally like awake and conscious. Wow. Um, and there's a live x-ray. Um, so they can see what they're doing. But during the surgery, I have to like participate a little bit, like um, like cough or something like that, uh, for part of like to see to make sure that they are where they are or whatever. Um, so the cat lab team was so incredible. They were like, what Pandora station do you want to listen to? I was like, Jack Johnson. Duh. Like, and then, and then, um, they were so, they were such a fun bunch of people doing their job. Uh, and they gave me like fentanyl and like, fucking, I, I don't even remember the other one, but it was just basically like numbing stuff. And then like, don't care stuff, maybe some Valium, who knows? Right. Uh, but, like, I'm totally awake. I can see the live X-ray of them putting this thing in my heart. And basically what it was was, like, a Gore-Tex umbrella that they used to seal yeah. that hole. Um, and, yeah. And then I had to lay there for, like, so many hours after because I was on so many anticoagulants at the time that they wanted to make sure that when I stood up, all my blood didn't come out of my body, which I appreciated. Okay, good. Um, so yeah. I, I actually mm-hmm. did not have to stay overnight. I went home and slept in my own bed that night. That's amazing. Which was, incredible. Hi, modern medicine. Oh my
1: gosh. That's Love amazing. It. Yeah. So incredible. How did yeah, you,
0: that's... no, you go. Say what you're So Okay. Say. I was just going to say that like, you know, so we went from stroke, ha- getting engaged, stroke happened. People are here. I'm just super tired. I basically slept that entire summer. Yeah. <laughs> just slept like away. It. Um, and then that um, August happened. Our wedding happened. Beautiful. Everybody left. Uh, I had the surgery. I'm with my and my mother-in-law was taking care of me because my husband w- had to work an overnight shift the following day after my surgery. So I can remember her staying with me. And I just like the drugs they gave me um, to do the surgery. Coming off of that was insane. Mm. Just like I've never felt so depressed and Mm. just like in my skin ever. Um, So that honestly took like three days to like come all the way out of my system. It was just terrible. I mean, you think about the toll that those drugs take on you, right? I mean, they're
1: sending, like you said, if it was like a happy pill, you're sending dopamine and serotonin straight to your brain and then they're numbing you from feeling anything. So then when you feel stuff again, you're like, oh, what is this? Yeah. Well, and
0: it's just like, oh my, and then I think it was so quiet Cause all summer it had been so like busy and bustly that now it was finally so quiet. I had, I was like with myself again and it was like, Oh, I have to process all this bullshit that just happened to me. Like, Oh, that's gonna, I'm not going to do that. Like, and so, um, and of course, like the 13th is typically when we're going back to school for back to school trainings and stuff, it was the first day uh or I, I think the first day was like the 12th and then the 13th was a friday and then so saturday sunday and i was back at work on monday cuz like you can do that with a surgery um 3 days later they just That's tell you incredible. to take 3 days off so like i i freaking did it it was insane uh but i got back in my classroom and i was doing my thing and then it was just like a busy year i finally felt like I, I knew what I was doing, um, in my classroom with my kiddos and all that. So, um, but it was just like a very busy time, right? Yeah. Cause like as a teacher, every minute of your day is planned out for you. Um, and there's never enough minutes in the day. So I never had a minute to process, like to process anything while I was at work. And then when I got home, I was just so exhausted that mm-hmm. I would just go straight to bed. Basically I'd eat dinner and go to bed, um, and then get up and do it all over again. Um, a pattern I noticed basically right away was that I didn't want to get out of bed on Saturdays. I just wanted to lay in bed all day, which honestly sounds so relaxing until you get there and you're like, wow, this is really depressing actually. Like, why don't I just get my body out of this bed and at least move to the couch? And I didn't even do that. Um, and I would just cry all day on Saturday was like my cry day. And Mm. Travis was just like, I don't know how to do this. Like, we got to do something else to deal with this. Yeah. And you know, we had just transitioned from renting this beautiful duplex. Um, one part of it with like a gorgeous backyard that connected to the trails to living in a mother-in-law suite underneath his parents' house in Anchorage to save money to buy our own house. Um, and so much irony in that statement. Um, (laughs) not only am I like trying to process this trauma of like what I've been through, but now we're dealing with balancing my new, like this new marriage, right. Yeah. With his family living above us. And he's actually switched over and is now working back for the family business. And it's super toxic. So (laughs) it's just insane. Um, And anyways, I walk into my doctor's office for something totally unrelated. Uh, and I like, she's like, Oh, I see that you have gained a little bit of weight. And I literally just burst into tears. Mm-hmm. And that's like not my style. I'm like, Mm hmm. Cause I love cheeseburgers. So what are you going to do about it? Right. Right. Um, Cause burritos are like a two times a week thing. Like, right. Well, my, my life's been
1: like really fucking hard the last year of my life.
0: <laughs> and she was like, Are you opposed to taking antidepressants? And I was like, Nope. Give them to me right now. you like, and sign me oh up. My here gosh. we go. It was a, it was a process because um, it, I was taking Lexapro initially, and it made me so nauseous. Um, hey. Yeah, but... Oh. On uh, that 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 Saturday, because that was like a Tuesday, on um, that Saturday, I was like, let's go do stuff. And it was just like, like I feel so, so much better. Oh, I felt so much more like myself. And it was just so awesome to feel that way. That's um, amazing. And yeah, it was, it was, it was truly and at that point I'd already been seeing my therapist for like two or three weeks. Um, and I was seeing her once a week <laughs> for several months just to help me process all the things that had happened to me. I, but I think the first time I saw her, I cried the entire time and sat on, like I was just sitting on the couch talking about my stroke the entire time. Cause I was like, I don't need therapy for anything else. It's, yeah, it's, it's just, just the same thing. Yes. And, but then um, what I found was that I actually do need therapy for other things.
1: <laughs> so the stroke, a little yes. bit
0: saved my life. You know what I mean? Yeah
1: yeah well it it got you into the therapy office, and, like you said, if you were not i don't think anybody's necessarily saying that we're grateful that something medically you know um an emergency happened to you, but it got you where you needed to go to Absolutely. help you heal from other stuff
0: things that I didn't even know that I needed to heal from, which was really really great.
1: that's amazing that's incredible i'm I'm still trying to even envision. All of what you just shared in my head because it just sounds like a movie that could have gone down, right? So I heard you mention that you are that you were going to therapy, and then you went to the doctor and you got on an antidepressants. What what are you doing now? Are you still utilizing those skills as coping
0: skills to take care of
1: yourself? What are you doing to take care of yourself now? So I
0: see my therapist um, kind of at an as needed basis, um, and that is. I mean, it, it varies, right? Cause like we're humans and we're complex and we have ideas in our head where we're like, we don't, I'm okay now. I don't need to see her, but actually I really should book another appointment with her here soon. Yeah. Um, so I do that. Um, right now I am actually not working out like I normally would, but working out is a really great outlet for me, um, for my mental health. And, um, I'm working through that injury from that bike accident four years ago. So I'm seeing a physical therapist right now, which is super helpful just for Yay. like realizing how much stress I hold in my body uh-huh. and how much just like yuckiness is in here that I need to like figure out how to yeah. let flow and not hold on to it. Yeah. How to release it um, and not have yeah. it weigh you down. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I just, I love to have like my mornings to sit out in our backyard and like drink my coffee and just like stare at my sunflowers that I've grown and worked hard at. And so gardening has been really helpful for this summer. Um, as well as like journaling, but it's like, you know, it's, it's having the discipline to sit down to journal. Cause once I start journaling, we'll be there all day, but like to get to that (laughs) point, it's been challenging, but those are my, uh, my choice, the choices that the the things that I use to like help process and like bike riding. I love it so much.
1: But They sound like things yeah. that force you to slow down and be a part of nature or at least be with yourself for some yeah. time.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because it's just, I mean, when I'm biking, I can't talk to other people, but it's harder to talk to other people. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Vicki, I, you know, again, have only gotten to hear your story through Josh and gotten to hear bits and pieces that he'll, you know, drop little bombs of Did you know this or have you heard this? And I was so grateful when you were like, Yeah, I'd love to come on and talk about, you know, these variety of things that have happened to me where those were times where if someone had looked at me, I was like, Yeah, I've absolutely been better than right now. I just had a stroke and I'm trying not to be <laughs> upset about my face drooping on one side. Absolutely. Um tell us a little bit about a mantra or a line that you live by. And for those of you listening, Vicky and I have already talked about this and it is something that we again have in common that we didn't know about each other until we started talking, but share your mantra with us.
0: Um, it is, this is terrible. Keep going. And it's like twofold, right? Because, um, I'm gonna tell the fun part first, the fun part. I love murder podcasts. And yes. so that was a that's a Karen and Georgia thing. Um, this is my favorite like, murder, y'all. Another t- shout out to them. Love, love those ladies so much. And so from the murder side of things, the murder side of things. <laughs> the murder side. <laughs> um, you know, like this is terrible. I love it. Keep going. Like I wanna hear these details. But then also on the other mental health side of things, this is fucking terrible. Like don't give up. Keep going. Um, and it's just like this is a reminder that we're still all trying to work at, at a normal pace during a pandemic. And so it's just like this is fucking terrible. Keep going. Keep going. Wait, it's not over yet. Let's let's roll. Like yeah, stay on that path. Thank you so
1: much for acknowledging that too, because yeah, it, I think that fits perfectly with what we're going through right now. Things are terrible. This is terrible. And you got to keep going. They're not yeah. going to get any better if you stop right now. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you have going on the rest of this weekend? What are you going to do this weekend maybe to take care of yourself?
0: Um, actually, me and my husband, were just um, we just inherited some kayaks. So uh, we might go give those a little test drive. Uh, maybe do a bike ride with the puppies and
1: just relax them. That sounds wonderful. That sounds amazing. Please enjoy that Alaska weather there for us. We'll be there in a few months' time. <laughs> Very excited about it. And Vicki, thank you so much for feeling like you could share your story with us today. And listeners, if you have any questions or want to share anything, you know, we talked about some medical procedures today. And so I'm sure Vicki experienced it herself. I am a by proxy listener. And so if there was any insight or people wanted to share, you know, their own stories, we're happy to listen to them. So thank you so much for being with me today. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yes.
1: Have a good one. I'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead. Please be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts. And follow us on social media at i'vebeenbetter.pod.